My brain's splitting off in so many different directions. My brain's splitting off in so many different directions. <laughs> brains splitting off in so many different directions that no one has the answers to. My dad was a shrink. Certain things upset me. And my dad was a shrink. Certain things upset me. And my dad was a shrink. things upset me. What's the furthest star and then what's beyond the furthest star? What's the furthest star and then what's beyond the furthest star? What's the furthest star and then what's beyond the furthest star? Questions that no one has the answers to. I'm Jeremy Greer. And I'm Gary Butterfield. And this is Days of Future Cast, the podcast where we talk about racism and comic books. <laughs> that's what we're that's what we nope. do. <laughs> I bet you Yusef Cole or someone has a, a good Sure. You know, a guest appearance about that. I, this is not that podcast. We talk about it. It's the podcast, the podcast where we read Yusef Cole's tweets. <laughs> uh, there's probably that's out there. I promise. It's a podcast uh, where we read other people's opinions and then recite them as our own so we can appear woke to the general populace. No, just, you know, I, I, we're not doing that either. Okay. I, I, <laughs> am, I, am I on the wrong show? Like, I thought she booked me for this. Is this not, this is not the thing? <laughs> yeah, no, no we, we were talking about uh, Ecstatic X-Force. Oh, yeah, yeah. We could do that. That's too. us. That's what we're doing. Yeah. We're in um, the middle of a small little arc called Lacuna. Uh, the X-Force is a team of, like, barely functioning celebrities at this point. Uh, and mm-hmm. they we have this weird character uh who is showing up to play pranks on them uh in the middle of a of kind of a time of strife where our billionaire owner wants to insert members and some members don't want those new members in uh he's encouraging civil war within the group so he can sell video games uh there's a whole bunch of shit going down uh one mm-hmm. of our main characters is, is seems to be on a lot of drugs and uh then we have to deal with this lacuna woman who uh has crazy time stopping powers as we're gonna see i love this mm-hmm. cover Oh yeah, this is great. Yeah. Like this is the, the Lacuna pinup. Yeah, of her standing in the middle of a clock, uh, throwing all the members of uh, Ecstatics outward. Yeah, from her, kind of like swirling through time. Uh, really cool. It's a bit of a um, Will Graham clock. Like it's a little off. Like oh yeah, yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Like, like Hannibal asked you to draw this thing, and like you're you're kind of <laughs> fucked up about it. So. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen um, Hannibal. I, I don't know if that joke lands. If, if you haven't seen Hannibal, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I haven't seen it. But I know enough from it just from like hearing from you and will and kind of the interim okay to have understood not why that joke was funny but that it should have been okay to me. Cool. that's, so, that's yeah. as long you know <laughs> as long as you understand that it should have been funny i think we're on the same team <laughs> this, yeah and mostly i'm representing the listeners on this um one of the things about mike allred you know my favorite artist in comics uh is that his his wife laura allred is such a uh, integral part of it and i love the coloring Yes. That's going on here. This is strong yellow and red mm-hmm. uh, theming here. Like by taking a, a, a scene and just really using color, you know, these flat colors really intentionally. Yeah. Like this is just incredible. It's absolutely. You know, and great. it, it yeah. continues for the issue too. Like the first couple of pages have these like monocolor backgrounds and they just look great. Like these very bright, beautiful colors um, really pops on the screen. Like, you know, if you're reading this digitally, I remember reading this, uh, in person and just being like, wow, this is, this is a great cover. This is great art. So it's the good shit. shit. It is Um, the good shit. We're on the good shit lollipop. We start out, uh, with uh, a little bit of dialogue from the anarchist, and this is going to be a flashback to, um, him being a child. 
Um, he grew up mm-hmm. in um, an area in the north where the winters were very, very white. In fact, the whole area was very, very white. Um, and he gets made fun of for uh, his color rubbing off on the snow. Like he's leaving black marks on this. You're smudging the snow, the, the kids say. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and he's not, this isn't a story of him being traumatized, you know, by this or anything. He laughs. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's in on the joke. Um, and this is him, you know, his kind of origins of, you know, having this, uh, you know, good life. Like, you know, his, his parents loved him, his adopted parents, uh, he was adopted, but he, uh, you know, was like the one black kid in an incredibly white area of the world. Like, I always think of this as Canada. I don't know why. Um, it could be like Northern Michigan or something as well. Yeah. Yeah. Any place that it snows, yeah. really. Like, that's just fucking, yeah. it might as well be on Saturn, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Like, yeah. Fuck snow. <laughs> somewhere far away from Jeremy. Yeah. Um, and beca- because he didn't fit in, uh, he started washing his hands. Like, he was tried to wash his color away. Yeah. You know, and this is kind of the beginning of his uh, hand washing OCD. Mm hmm. Um, and they were like his parents, his adopted parents were super cool about this. Like they didn't really care that he, that he looked different or anything until he started exhibiting mutant powers. And that's when they got a little bit, a little bit worried. Um, yeah. And, um, yeah, from there, um, we, we go to the current time where he's sitting on the pool, like confronted with Lacuna going like, I, I don't know. Like here I am like a super rich and famous now. And, uh, like, I don't expect me to make sense out of this. Like, I don't know what, what what's going on. Yeah. Uh, they're saying, you know, she's threatening suicide. They're saying like, Hey, you know, uh, this isn't how it works. And he vouches for her. He's like, why not? You know, let her into the party. Um, you know, they kind of go back and forth. This actually kind of goes back a little bit, you know, in time to the suicide as they can kind of continue the discussion. Orphan says, you know, new members not only have to have track records, it's also a death sentence. If you don't have training, you're going to die. And she's like, I'm willing to die. And Anarchist is like, why? We're not the Fantastic Four. (laughs) That's such a good response. I'm willing to die. Why? You shouldn't be. This is is not that important. (laughs) There there are other things that you can be doing with your life. Um, Everything the Yugo Girl does in this whole thing, all the dialogue is golden. Yes. You know, like, would you believe they say we're in only in it for fame and money? And she's like, no, that, that's a lie you tell. That's an image you have to represent. You're a new kind of hero, a hero that makes sense in a world that doesn't anymore. And she's like, do we have room in the PR department? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's you know, really throwing shade. <laughs> you're articulating our lies very well. Yeah. You, you are obviously sold on this product more than we are. <laughs> and we work. Here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Super, super good. Uh, and then she stops time. We see how it works. She kind of walks through a tear in reality. Everything becomes sepia tone except for dupe. Uh, she, her powers don't work on dupe because dupe is this magical being. Yeah. Um, and we get her in her monologue, like where she's kind of beating herself up. Like, uh, you know, these guys don't want me to be, uh, genuine. I need to be ironic and cool. Like you go girl, you know, and, oh man, anarchist stood up for me. Like, you know, I know this is childish, but like, I really like it. What I've never kissed a black guy before, you know, which I think kind of plays um, into like the, the, like the, the thread of racism throughout this, this, this arc really, but like the, throughout yeah, yeah. the last couple of issues of like white women treating black guys as like a fetish, right. Or like people yeah, yeah. treating black guys as a fetish and you know, all of that weird stuff that's around that. Like it's, and that's, and that's like, she, she's going to do some more of this later, which is a little bit uncomfortable, but like, it's just, it's not like the focus of this at all. Like she's just trying to figure out how she deals with this team and try to figure out how to ingratiate herself to them. Um, and it's, 
I don't know. It's just a, it's a very like, it's a tiny, it's a tiny, it's a small line for a lot of impact. I think. What's interesting again, I said this last episode, but I think it bears repeating is that I can't really speak to how Peter Milligan talks about race in so far as black people. And that will uh, continue to come up throughout this thing. But I think he nails white people's discomfort and, uh, you know, pathologies around race pretty well. Like this is pretty well observed. Um, like this isn't something I'm proud to admit, but I'll say it like the first time that I like kissed a black girl or had sex with a black girl, there was a weird novelty to me because I'd never done it before. Yeah. And that's not how I should think. Right. Like, I don't think that's healthy or good or defensible, but it was something as like a white dude who grew up in a shitty rural town where there weren't a lot of black people. It did have, and for lack of a better word, a novelty. I didn't fetishize that novelty. That's, that's not who I am, but I was just kind of like, huh, you know? Uh, you know, it did, it did give me a little pause and I would like to think that I would love to say that like, I'm woke enough that it didn't even matter to me, but I did think about it. Yeah. You know, I'm uh, not proud of it, but it's true. I think that, I think that is something that does happen. Well, I think growing up with the internet and being a white says dude surrounded by a bunch of rural white says dudes and just probably just like general urban white says dudes, um, that becomes a fetish of like, Oh, like you know, there's all kinds of gross stereotypes out there, but like, oh, you got to collect the whole set and things like that. Like, I definitely had dudes totally. around me talking about that kind of stuff. So it's really difficult not to internalize a bunch of that. And you know, yeah. I mean, you and I have talked a lot about the, on this podcast about like, hey, we're we're both. I think you're 40, right? <laughs> like you're, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm 39, so I'm a little bit younger. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, you're baby. But we're, you know, we we grew up in weird times, and we've had to like divest ourselves of a bunch of internal monologues and thought processes that we grew up with because everything around us was shitty, and we had nothing else to to compare it to. Like it's, it was just, yeah. Weird. And of course, like as you grow up, you realize, like, oh wait. Like, if you really think about what I'm saying, like, I probably shouldn't be like the 21 year old guy that has the the 27 um, child rape jokes in his back pocket. Like, that's not cool. Yeah, yeah. Like, nobody nobody yeah, wants yeah. child molestation jokes nowadays. Like, that's not a cool thing to do. It's gross and it's bad and it's exploitative and all of that stuff. Like, you learn about yourself as you do that. So it's it just takes a while. Like, I think it just takes a long yeah. time. And yeah, like, I'm. <laughs> The same thing, like I just, and again, just going back to the line of just like, oh yeah, I've never kissed a black guy before. Like it's just a real impactful line on a, for a dude who is like trying to scrub the black off of his hands as a child. Like it's just like connecting those two in a fucking comic book is crazy to me. It's yeah, it's weird. It's simultaneously, you know, it's like Chekhov's dealing with racism or not Chekhov. Yeah. Where like not Chekhov, uh, Schrodinger's, uh, where it's like, I can't tell it's simultaneously, uh, suspect and then also really well observed. You know, so uh, good stuff. Um, she kind of plays some pranks and she steals Eddie's script. Yes. Um, uh, Eddie's script. And it's her whole spiel for the show that she's doing tonight. And the name of this issue, by the way, is Larry King has the flu. Uh, yeah. Larry King's got the flu. And we're going to see that line repeated like a couple of times in a really humorous way. And the first one is here. And uh, because she's like, this is my whole thing for tonight's show. And the guy's like, what show? And she's like, well, Larry King's got the flu. So I'm guest hosting kind of a trial for my yeah. own show. Um, and I'm going to be interviewing the spike and, you know, you and anarchists just show up and like really turn it into a thing and like have a whole big event about it. And of course yeah. our, our good friends, Vivisector and, uh, fat are like, mm, perfect opportunity for us to do our thing as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we come back to, uh, Lacuna coming out to her parents as a mutant, you know, uh, it's like, oh, you seem you know, like you're a perfectly normal young woman. She's like, I am normal, but I'm a mutant. Um, I can slip in on a time, 
like time travel. Like, no, I can kind of pop in between moments. Like everyone else is frozen, but I can do things. Um, I'm only telling you this because I'm going to go public on the Larry King show tonight. Larry King won't be there. Uh, the dad says, why not? And the mom's like, he's got the flu because <laughs> everybody knows this. <laughs> so funny. Everyone's keeping yeah. up with Larry King for some reason. Uh, yeah. I, I love this. Uh, this is very funny to me. Again, well-observed things. Like She's like, I understand if this freaks you out. you got to mute in the family. It can't be easy. And they both just crack up. Like, like this is great. Wait until I tell Martha. And she broods. <laughs> and she's like, ah, why do they always have to be so understanding? <laughs> why can't they be a little bigoted? Uh, in a very teenage way of trying to rebel against her parents. Yeah. I love you know. the, like, it's the parrots, by the way, like, dear, this whole thing are gardening. And they've got, like, yeah. just extreme suburban gardening outfit on, like, She's got the little scarf with her hair tied back. They've both got the knee pads because mm-hmm. they've got sensitive knees. Like it's very, yes. <laughs> you've seen these people do this. Like it's, it's, it's very apt. Um, yeah. And so from there we go over to backstage at Edie's show uh, where she's, she's freaking out a little bit. Um, and they're kind of talking about the spike and she's like, Hey, look, like you gotta, we're going to talk about why he was rejected. And then uh, you guys come on and then you guys like get in his face about it. Um, and guy says like, I, I don't really think that we should reject him. And of course this is a surprise to anarchist. Who's like, is it, you know, I, I thought we had agreed on this and guy asked is what's your problem with him? Is it because he's black and anarchist looks at him? He's like, yeah, absolutely. It is. And of course, Edie's like, say it on TV. Wait, yes, I <laughs> say love that. Yeah. yeah. Wait for all of this. This is all good content. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he says, it's kind of paranoid. He's like, you know, if you want to know the truth, I know what will happen. Like I'm going to get killed off. You know, this always happens, like in these setups, like once a new brother joins up, and this is his words, I'm not just referring to black people's brothers, uh, the poor brother that's already there, is already on the team, better not start, any reading, better not start reading any long novels, you know? Uh, and I love this thing where, like, Orphan's like, "Are you? I think you're being a little paranoid. He's like, no, I'm being a lot paranoid. How long do you think they want two black people on the team? This ain't basketball, man. You know, like, he's he's aware of, you know the kind of racial realities of this, like what kind of diversity is good for their celebrity and what kind is more than people want to, you know, to deal with. And this was in like what, uh, 2002 mm-hmm. or so. Like, I, I can't remember when this issue uh, came out exactly. Um, but it's, you know, this is pretty like relevant stuff. Oh, absolutely. Now, like yeah. this is stuff that like gets talked about now in terms of like, uh, you know, is it's it's not enough to have a token character, but also uh, people will have a bad reaction about an, an abundance of diversity. Yeah, um, they're fine with one, right? Like that can be there can yeah. be one, but if we if we add more to that, then it becomes a black thing. Um, yeah, and he offers this compromise of like, hey, uh, I'll, I'll tell you what, you can you can bring on the spike if you also bring on Lacuna as well, and because. Uh, Anarchist is like, I think she likes me and I think she might be on my side. And like, I have a feeling I'm going to need all of the help I can get. Like he's trying to pack the courts of the X-Force. Um, with <laughs> pack <laughs> the X-Force. Uh, can't wait for someone to be listening to this in 2026 and not understand that reference. Because we no, don't I, have... they'll, they'll understand it because we won't. Yeah, because we will understand have... it because we won't succeed. Yeah, we won't have uh, any courts anymore. Um, the Supreme Court will eventually just be one judge sure. and it'll just be an immortal GOP like robot. Bot. it'll be a tiktok account. So, yeah <laughs> um i love this thing where lacuna is getting in 
uh, to, to the thing with her parents. And she's like trying to get her parents not to come. Like, I don't need help, dad. I gotta do this on my own. And the mom is like, maybe we can cause some kind of diversion. Your father and I could start to make love. Like, please, no, <laughs> please stop. Like, no, absolutely not. Um, and the uh, parents are all into this. Like they're, they're old, they're old hippies. Um, but they, we're mm-hmm. hippies that realize like billion, a millionaire and living in a mansion in Malibu is, isn't against like, does it doesn't mean that they're bad hippies you know they, they're they're self-justifying yeah. to themselves like you don't have to be poor to be alternative um and they're really excited about the x-force like pretending to be good people um what is this is like the first time i think that we've seen like this weird skin effect on her on lacuna like what is happening there like to separate her so out from everybody else it's it's happened before but it's inconsistent okay and it's weird because she comes out as a mutant uh what i think is that mike allred when he does character designs he likes uh having these you know like eddie or Edie and uh orphan you know be these kind of different colors so he thought it was cool to have her have this kind of psychedelic skin mm-hmm. but i don't think it was in the script because if she has this her parents would you know probably suspected that something was up yeah you know in terms of her being a mutant so that that is my guess but i've never uh, i've looked around i've never seen it explained but we have seen it before in this this issue it just it's not consistent gotcha um so. Also in the background here is Fat and Vivisector like working the crowd and obviously being super drunk or super high on something like they're they're a little fucked yeah. up and having having a good time with it. Yeah, there's there's a real theme in this comic of people doing drugs to psych themselves up. Yeah. Um, we go over to uh, the interview where Edie is uh, doing her monologue, uh, and it, it's nonsense. You know, <laughs> like we Americans like success, we're scared of failure, we treat it like the flu. Uh, that has uh, sadly laid your usual host low. We don't want to get too close in in case it's infectious. Like, and it's like this is <laughs> this is nonsense. And they call her out for this. Like anarchist, like this is what is she talking about? And orphans, like she's nervous and babbling. Yeah. Uh, and she introduces the spike who comes on sunglasses and a gi, uh, which I love. I think Goals. This is very funny. Goals. Yeah. <laughs> just like pretty badass. It won't happen. Uh, but like if you know you ever get to be on the Tonight Show, right? Like coming out with something like this oh, is yeah. a baller move. I mean, and also like <laughs> if there was a situation where I got to be on the Tonight Show, I would just wear the fucking suit. Like I'm not I'm not stupid. Like I'm not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but wouldn't it be great yeah. if you wore the gi and the sunglasses? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just bare chest. Um, you know, this is uh, Orphan and uh anarchist talking about this and he's like, you know, I think he's had cosmetic surgery on his pecs. He's on steroids. Orphan's like, I thought we all were. That was a joke, Tyke. I decided I should tell more jokes. Uh <laughs> that's his little cyclops moment for this issue. <laughs> really, <laughs> like, really, really funny. Yeah, I love that. Um, you know, and then we go back to the interview, you know, where uh Spike is just spilling tea, like, you know, maybe anarchist doesn't like me because he was brought up by white folks in a white part of the country. Like he might look black, but and he might act black, but it's all an act. And Anarchist pops out to confront him. Uh, and they're going to actually have a conversation, but then Fat and Vivisector bust through the wall, uh, fully powered up, and knock down the wall. So the you know, X-Force has to uh, save the, the studio wall from collapsing on the audience. Here. Yes. Uh, including the spike. Including the spike. Um, yeah. Edie yells at these two for like, what the hell are you doing? You're not supposed to be here. And they're like, and they're kind of drunkenly being like, yeah, we're just, you know, trying to, we're completely capable of doing something reprehensible just like you people. Um, yeah. And this is where Lacuna decides to make her move and she freezes time and steals all of their uniforms and leaves them in their underwear. Lacuna's, yep. Lacuna's ideas are so funny to me. Like, it, they're just so, <laughs> like, they're almost like, um, to buy 
bias on Arrested Development where she is just so fucking clueless and like, maybe this is a good idea. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Never stop to think things through. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, she even says like, I hope in the future when I'm part of the team, we can look back on this and laugh. You know, and I love, I wait to see all the X-Force's uh, underwear. Mm-hmm. I love Guy Smith's like underwear that has the same sensitivity. Yeah. Uh, kind of patterns and Xavier, stuff. Xavier had to put that dot on his dick. Like, yep. you know what I'm I, saying? He was like, oh, the dick's probably going to go here. Let's put a dot on it. Like, I'm I'm designing it. I'm fashion designer Xavier today. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's super good. Uh, you know, uh, Vivisector asked Fat to uh, expand and kind of hide everyone's embarrassment. Um, you know, Edie, who is topless at this point, is like, you know, leave me alone. And Lacuna pops up again and goes, my name is Lacuna. Hello. And hereby, <laughs> hereby posting my official candidacy. Uh, as everyone's screaming in the background, Edie is like, put our clothes back on you, bitch. And Orphan is like, please, Lacuna, the bright lights are hurting my skin. Like, everybody's having this problem. And then her parents are in the background like, that's my girl. Like, we're so proud. Yeah. <laughs> um lacuna redresses everybody and and just like you know one of those fascinating moments of what what has to like what what does this look like just like the idea of her freezing time and like very carefully taking off like jeans like too tight jeans and Mm -hmm. stuff is just very funny to me very good stuff yeah um we cut over to uh edie and orphan having dinner uh afterwards where you know uh Orphan says, like, you know, uh, Tyke, you know, the anarchist thinks you might only be interested in me because you can control the team. And she's like, maybe, but I'm probably interested in you for a lot of reasons. Listen, you know, without a special costume to stop it hurting, how do you, you know, like, how do you fuck? And he's like, well, Professor Xavier, he devised a special ointment made from the same kind of fibers used in my costume. Thank it you, numbs the pain for a few hours. Thank you, Xavier. Uh, <laughs> for getting me laid. In this, it, it, Jeremy, it is a recurring joke in the series. and when we start seeing Xavier and his hall of suits and like the things he does to make sure these mutants can have sex, it is one of my favorite low key jokes in this whole fucking Dude, series. It is so good. I love this. Like it's, he's, <laughs> he's concerned, man. He's very concerned. Yeah. Makes a suit. And he's just like, I've been developing this ointment in my home lab. <laughs> it's like fucking real creepy. Dude. Uh, and this is, you know, real, uh, real flirty. She's like, I've ever told you how good I am at rubbing on ointment. Uh, but Lacuna interrupts this. Uh, you know, Edie's like, please tell me I don't have a champagne on my glass on my head. And Orphan just says, you don't have a champagne glass on your head. Uh, but Edie freaks out, throws the glass. Yeah. Um, and starts screaming about Lacuna, right? Like you, you can't, you, this has to stop. You can't keep fucking with this. Uh, Lacuna appears and is like, Hey, this is, I just want to show you how useful I could be. And guy has to like physically restrain Edie from kicking this woman's ass. <laughs> um, and, yep. and, and he's telling her like, I'm going to vote her. I'm going to vote her in. I think that's good stuff. Um, and, Edie's like, what are you? I can't believe that. He's, he's, she's like, yeah, like Tyke really wanted her in, so I'm going to go with Tyke. And when she, when Lakuta hears this, she's like, oh shit, yeah, hell yeah, like I'm going to go see Tyke, aka the anarchist. Yep. Yeah. Uh, this is this is real good. Uh, so you know, Edie downs her drink, and it's like, I just hate the way she disappears like that. And uh, I think this is a very relatable moment when uh, things are getting intimate, uh, and then you say the wrong thing that literally just puts you on the track to nothing. <laughs> you know and it's just it's just literally a moment uh and orphan just like jealous uh and it was the, the only wrong thing you know the exact opposite of the right thing to say yeah uh, as cole likes to say and, um, and then just goes and it goes further right and it's like you know yeah. like oh you know it could be the same problem that tyke has where you know she's younger than you and you're you're, you're jealous of that and like she can zoom yeah, out of places and you're you're having problems <laughs> she, doesn't get, she doesn't get tired 
you know uh, he tries to play it off as a joke uh she teleports away and he's like where are you going she says none of your business and he goes what about my special ointment uh, which i just like that is a oh i was gonna get laid with my special ointment moment i think is very funny i um uh, the idea of hearing this word this this sentence out excuse me out loud is just incredibly incredibly cringe inducing to me like but what about my special ointment baby like it's just so <laughs> yeah, it's baby, so pathetic yeah <laughs> like yeah incredibly pathetic uh this is starting um a little bit of a you know a wedge between these two characters um we cut over to everybody uh kind of you know anarchist went off with uh fat and vivisector just to go you know hang out with them he's hedging his bets like trying to get allies mm-hmm. uh and he's winning uh through gambling um you know winning a lot of money um goes through he goes to go wash his hands after touching all the money and lacuna kisses him uh in between moments which is not necessarily cool yeah uh to kiss somebody without their consent um also, he does she, not mind it. she's definitely the reason that he was winning right like that's uh no actually this gets revealed later oh okay because it's just because um, he yeah. like the the guys i think vivisector is like you keep winning and he's like yeah no sweat and uh, i just assumed um, that she was stopping time and changing the dice that would, that makes way more sense than what actually happens uh the, the, yeah okay <laughs> so, interesting um, it's 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 weird that this uh gets paid off but it does that's a that's a um, weird thing because i didn't i said that as, a, as if it was going to be an aside and it's weird that there's like stuff there i'm surprised no, that there's will, a lore uh, here <laughs> is what i'm saying like, for in like five issues five or six issues we will get the reveal oh, of how anarchist one gambling true believers um we cut back to the team um, they're in the like the lobby of where they they show their reels, mm-hmm. you know, and they they look at their uh, post game or where they try out new members. Um, and Orphan and Yugo Girl are not uh, getting along, you know. Um, Vivisector pops up and says, "Guy, it's agreed. You'll publicly reprimand us for our outrageous behavior, right?" Um, and they're like, "Yes, yes, we're definitely uh, going to say that we you you, were, you have been a total and complete dick." Um, yeah, Lacuna is not here. Like this is they're they're preparing for a press um, like a, a press briefing where they were going to introduce the spike mm-hmm. and Lacuna, but Lacuna is not there. And of course, Edie is just on the phone, like she's trying to get with the, with the network, and they're they've been ducking her calls. Um, yep. And while this is happening in the background, the spike goes up to. Uh, the anarchist and says like oh and hey don't don't go starting any long novels and there's this thing here is like that's what you know what he really said was actually you don't really want to know what he said um yeah yeah which I, I, uh, which makes sense we have an unreliable narrator in this and like the spike wasn't there for for that line yeah. so we can't really call back to it but anarchist is uh translating it for us yes um, I love when we cut to the, the, the press conference and it starts Thorfinn saying, so now that I've dealt with those X-Force bad boys, fat and vivisector. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's really funny to me. Imagine me. And like, neither one of them are happy with that, right? Like they both look like they're like really bad boys. Is that what you're, is that what yeah. you're calling us? <laughs> <laughs> those X-Force bad boys. Uh, they introduced the spike, you know, he says, in spite of the media, we are really pleased to have the spike on board and also Lacuna, but Lacuna fails to show. And at the same time, uh, Edie hears from her agents that they canceled her show yep. the network. Um, um, and from there we jump to, uh, who they gave the show to, which was Lacuna. Um, she's going to start a new reality show 
And of course, um, she was excited to um, join X-Force, but she found her true calling, which is going to be revealing all of these secret details about celebrities. And she can sneak in and find out what's in there, what they, what happens on their wedding nights and their bathrooms, even in those quiet moments of despair when they think they're safe from prying eyes. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, yep. <laughs> the idea yep, of celebrity is pretty gross in this. Yeah. Uh, and she's like, you know, I thought that I would join X-Force. I thought it was important to me when I asked, but I realized that was never really important. What I really wanted was to be a disappointment to my parents. Perfect. Uh, and her parents are watching crying as she has now become this like Hollywood celebrity obsessed monster. Yep. And then, um, and this, when we go back to our group who are reviewing more reels and, uh, we're, they mm-hmm. are talking about, uh, bringing Deadpool, excuse me, dead girl who has a lot of potential, um, and then uh fat is like ooh, what about that venus de milo she's she's a babe uh and meanwhile Edie is like trying to find another angle to make some money but is refusing to advertise uh like lift and spread bras (laughs) um (laughs) yeah and she's talking she's threatening to get a new 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 representation a new agent Mm mm-hmm yeah, and that that ends with a callback to the the little joke in the first one where anarchist uh, was guessing that the popcorn was stale. Yes, um, and that's that's the end of this issue, this little two issue arc. Uh, and we're going to do some one shots after this, some kind of like one offs. Yeah, uh, uh, that are good and fun. I'm glad you told me that Lacuna's come, coming back because I mm-hmm. really enjoyed her character. Like I thought, like it's it's. You know, I mean, she's not like a great character or anything, but like I just really enjoyed like the lightness of it. I guess of just her being mm-hmm. kind of just excited about the X Force, but also a dumb, t- a dumb kid trying to figure shit out. Um, and it makes perfect sense that she would go into this like horrible reality show business. Like it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see where she ends up. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't want to get, uh, you know, she's never a major character. No, no, Again, I don't. I definitely she, don't she, want she her to be. She keeps this job. Yeah, yeah. Like she, she shows up because in this world, she runs Lacuna and the Stars. You know, and that ends up being kind of a a, a steady uh, kind of presence yeah. in this, which is perfect. That's what so, we need. Yeah, it's very good. Um, yeah, and that's uh, that's this issue, and that's this episode. Yeah, really, really good. I'll be interested to see how this relationship um, between the the spike and the anarchist like continues to develop because like this like undercurrent of um like you know, who's, the, who's blacker, um, is, is really mm-hmm. interesting. Uh, I keep going back to Lovecraft country on this podcast, but when we bring this stuff up, but it's just like the most recent thing. Like they had a whole episode that was about, um, passing of like light skinned black people being able to pass as, as white people. And they related to this into some weird, crazy mystical shit that they got into on the show and very, very interesting stuff. And like, I, I kind of feel, I see a lot of that coming out in this. Um, I don't know whether that's intentional or not because everybody on Lovecraft country, all the writers are, are, are black and obviously uh milligan is not so but you know yeah it'd be interesting if you hear what that dude has to say about some of that stuff yeah i would i would be curious as far as i know uh milligan hasn't done a lot uh you know since then since uh you know really in the last like 10 years or so but uh, i could be wrong about that as well um i'd be interested as well and i can't wait to watch lovecraft country once it's over it is <laughs> I, oh it is yeah. i did not know it's um 10 episodes i think goes real, goes by real quick that's great. Mm-hmm. Good to know. Um, I will definitely have to uh, check that out. Yeah. I don't know that it's been so. renewed for a season two, or even if it was, if they could really like continue those characters. Like I feel, feel like it would have to be like an anthology situation, like Fargo or something, but um, yeah, it's, well, it's kind of weird. Cause it, it's based on a book. Yeah. So, you know, if they, if they finish the plot of the book, like I'm sure they could continue, but 
you know, and they, well, I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah, uh, no, 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 no spoilers, man. Yeah. I got to yeah. check it out. I'm going to um, watch that and Watchmen. I'm going to get HBO go for a month and autumn, autumn read the book things. and, um, like she, she remarked upon the difference in some pretty heavy scenes of like your, your group of main characters, like, you know, driving across the country to go somewhere and, uh, dealing with like racist stuff along the way of and like having like really uncomfortable scenes in the show that are just not in the book whatsoever um mm-hmm. and i've seen i've seen some people online being like they changed too much about the book i don't like it and i've never read the book so i can't remark about that but like the weird uncomfortable racism stuff and mixed in with all of the weird fucking mystical magic shit is like why i was there for that show so i that that stuff is the stuff that's, that appeals to me <clears throat> that's fascinating to hear because it's been a while since i i read the book but my memory of it is that there is quite a bit of uh, dealing with racism in that. But my, again, it's been a while since I've seen it and I can definitely believe that the, uh, the TV show foregrounds it more, Oh yeah, but it's, I, in my experience, it was present in the book. I, um, so. I, I hate to do this, but like, if you, if you know, recommendations of poison or that, but if like, if you watch it, like I actually listened to that podcast that they produced alongside it, like it's one hmm. of the writers, um, it's two black women talking about it and it's, they get guests on from, um, they get the showrunner at the on the last episode, but they get like actors and actresses uh, from the show itself, and they they go deep on the topics that they are dealing with. So like even when the show like I thought was being kind of clumsy with some stuff, listening to the podcast like gave me a, a different perspective on it, made me enjoy it more. And that's not always the case with those things. So yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, um, if you want to give us money, <laughs> patreon.com slash DougFeeTV <laughs> is the place to do so. Ratings and reviews. Tell your friends. Uh, we love you. Thank you for listening to us. And these crazy times, we'll be back in a couple of days with more experts. Yeah.